inspiration, success stories, expert advice, strategies, new ideas, and amazing conversations. Everything you need to become a great speaker. This is Oscar Santolaya, and welcome to Time to Shine. Hello, and thank you for joining this episode today. It means a lot to me. I guess as well as some of you, I watch TEDx Talk from time to time to get new ideas and to learn about new great people. And I recently watched one that really liked it so much that I watched it again. <laughs> and then I decided to contact the speaker to have this interview with her, and that's what I did. And today we are going to have this interview with Caroline Goider. Caroline is a leading voice coach, trainer, and keynote speaker. Caroline is the founder and creator of the Gravitas Method, an author of the revolutionary book Gravitas, in which she reveals how to speak so others will listen. Her work has been featured on BBC TV's the Speaker and The Voice, and BBC Radio 4's War of Mouth, as well as in the Financial Times, Telegraph, The Times, The Sunday Times, and CNN. Her TEDx talk, The Surprising Secret to Speaking with Confidence, has been watched almost two million times. Hello, Caroline. Hi, Oscar. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Very welcome to the show. It's a, it's a pleasure talking with you. As I mentioned on your introduction, you have a book called Gravitas, and also you have a method called Gravitas. I would like to hear from you. How was your journey to become a voice and public speaking coach and reach this Gravitas moment on your career? Could you tell us a bit of this journey? So I think... What's important to say is that a big principle in my life is that we teach what we need. So often in life, the people who are teaching things are actually teaching things that they really needed to learn early mm -hmm. on. And although I've always really loved words, words are, you know, something that I've, I've read English literature as a student. I love theater. I loved words, but I wasn't so great at speaking them for a long time. And it was a lot to do with Physical tension, nerves, all of the kind of things that I'd now teach people about were a real problem for me. So I think you could say that in solving my own problem around feeling nervous, being tense as a speaker, I learned some strategies that I'd now share with other people. But it's been a journey of about 20 years to find those skills. Sure. So you, you started in acting or what was what were you earlier on your career? So I, I went to Oxford and I read English. I, I, I still uh -huh. really didn't know what to do. And because I, I had this love of, of words and plays, I thought I'd like to be an actor. So I went to drama school. And when I got to drama school, what they said to me is, you're in your head. Now, I had no idea what that meant. And what they were trying to say to me is I, I was approaching everything intellectually. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't connecting to my body, my voice, my expression. It was like I was kind of cut off from that. And obviously, as a performer and as a speaker, as your audience will know, it's not just about your brain. Your body is the instrument that expresses all the things going on in your brain. And if your body isn't fully expressive, 
you're not speaking well. And as an actor, that was something I really struggled with. And I struggled with it when I left drama school, actually. So even after training as an actor, I hadn't, I hadn't solved the problem. And it took many different things. I, I went on and actually trained as a voice coach, and I still hadn't solved the problem. I still had physical tension. And it was years later when I discovered something called Alexander Technique, which we might talk about later, mm-hmm. that I began to unlock my full expression. And it's so exciting when you realize that actually everybody can speak well. You know, even though I thought I was nervous and uh, physically I wasn't moving very well, actually, I learned that all of us can express ourselves well. All of us can be physically free. And that's a massive um, epiphany when it happens it's wonderful oh yeah fantastic that this epiphany moment that you mentioned yes indeed the uh, <clears throat> the fact of public um, speaking in public is uh, is is per se intimidating to almost everybody you already mentioned that you still have stress from time to time so uh but we see the the main situations where a speaker or presenter is really under pressure what are these moments so that's a great question and and we are as you say all under pressure when we speak and i think the psychological reason that's worth pinning down before i talk about the context is that as human beings we survive or we have survived for thousands of years by having a strong tribe you know the tribe look after us the people around us support us and when we stand up on our own on stage or even if you're with a couple of other people, there's a sense that the tribe are looking at you. And if you get it wrong, you might be rejected or criticized by your tribe. And, you know, for primitive man or woman, that was quite serious. That meant death. Mm -hmm. For us, clearly, we're not going to die. And I know you had a great speaker on a few weeks ago who was talking about this and the fear of public speaking. Mm -hmm. We know we're not going to die. But still, that fear of being rejected by the people that we trust, people we want to impress, that can haunt us. And it's why when you talk to speakers, I, you know, I talk to speakers all the time, they're working on talks, they're working on presentations. The thing that scares people most is talking to their peers. So if, say if you're a medic, is talking to a group of medics. If, you know, as a voice coach, what's most frightening to me is talking to an audience of voice coaches <laughs> because... There's nowhere to hide in front of our peers. They know everything we know. <laughs> so I, that the, is the ultimate fear for people. But anywhere that you are in the spotlight and there's a fear of judgment, so it could be a panel, it could be a job interview, it could be a keynote speech. You know, my TEDx was utterly terrifying, I have to say, because you know there's a potential for lots of people to see it. So all of those high-intensity situations are really scary. And I think the thing that terrifies us most is that we might not be perfect, that we might fail. Now, many years ago, I I wrote a book called The Star Qualities, and I interviewed A-list actors about this kind of thing. And Ewan McGregor was one of the actors who said something very interesting. And he said once in in a play, he was in Guys and Dolls in London in the West End, And he came out on stage and he forgot his lines. It's what actors call drying. And it was a horrible, horrible experience because, of course, there's a band and there's music and the band are trying to come in and he hasn't remembered his line. And he said afterwards, he went back off stage in the the interval and his co-star, Douglas Hodge, said to him, look, the thing that you're panicking about is not being perfect. Mm -hmm. 
But in performance, there is no perfect. It doesn't exist. You can't, you can't be perfect. You just have to do what you do. And if you make a mistake, actually, that's quite interesting for the audience as long as you handle it calmly. So forget being perfect. Go back out there and just do what you do. And he said that was an incredibly useful piece of advice, that in performance there is no perfect. And I think when we, when we acknowledge this fear about being rejected by the tribe, when we accept that, and when we own the fact that as speakers, as performers, we can't be perfect, it doesn't exist, then I think we can walk out on stage and be ourselves and just be good enough. And I think once you're okay to be good enough, as long as you've done some preparation and rehearsal, that's when you start to really fly as a speaker. Yeah, there is no perfect. So that's a, it's a great uh, takeaway about this. Uh, yes. Um, yeah, I quite, quite agree with what you said. And it's very interesting, the story of uh, Ewan McGregor, you mentioned, right? So he's, uh, when he was, he was a theater actor. Yes, he, he, I mean, he's, he's mainly movies now, isn't mm -hmm, he? Sure. He was in a, a great show called Guys and Dolls at the Donmar Warehouse about, probably about 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Okay, when he was already famous. Yes. <laughs> okay, wow. Even the, yeah, very exper experienced actors or performers can have sometimes these imperfections, no? Because there is no perfect, as you said. Yeah, the other interesting thing you have said is that we feel more pressure when we are in front of our peers. So what can we do? How we can get the confidence in these situations when we are, as you mentioned, in the spotlight? There's a very interesting TED talk, which I recommend that your listeners mm -hmm. have a listen to. And it's by a, a man called Michael Cho, and it's about stage fright. It's not a classic TED talk. It's more a video where he talks about stage fright. And his research has shown that the main thing that helps people overcome stage fright, fear in the spotlight, is practice, is rehearsal. Because under pressure the brain goes blank. Adrenaline blanks out the brain because mm. it's basically saying run away or punch them, which it doesn't leave much blood for thinking. Mm -hmm. And he says what you need at that point, and I'm paraphrasing, is a backup system. You, you know, you need a backup drive in your brain. And when you've done enough rehearsal, which of course is what performers do, musicians, mm. actors, stand-up comedians, even when that pressure hits and you go blank, that, that backup drive of deep memory kicks in and you know you will be okay. So it's ready. That back is, is ready because you have uh, practiced. Yes. And it, I think what I would say to people, especially, you know, if there are people in your audience who are learning about speaking, expert speakers will know this. But when you're starting out, practicing can be really uncomfortable. It, it can feel clunky because at, at first you're bad. You know, when you start out working on a speech, it's really bad. And that's horrible. But you just have to work through that phase and and then it starts to flow and then it starts to be fun. And then there's a point where you can walk out on stage and because you've practiced it, you really fly and you get hooked on that feeling of, of flying and that makes you go back to the rehearsal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, your rehearsal is, a, is extremely important. Could you repeat the name of this the talk that you mentioned? Uh, he, he's called Mikkel Cho. His surname is C-H-O. And I think his first name is M-I-K-I-E-L, Michael Cho. Mm -hmm. Okay, thanks. I will definitely find it and put it on the show notes of this episode. Caroline, you are a voice coach. Um, I'm a bit curious about what are the, the negative effects in the voice when someone is under pressure. If you focus 
in the voice? What what happens uh, physiologically? So the voice and the body are intimately connected. You can't separate the voice from the body, mm-hmm. and because the voice. If we think about the voice as an instrument, it's a wind instrument. You have, you know, if people put a hand on their larynx, the larynx is just in the throat. The larynx is is folds, which vibrates when air comes through. And so anything that's happening to your breathing is affecting your voice. And anything that's happening Mm. to your body is affecting your voice. So when we think about what happens to us as a speaker, when we walk out on stage and we're nervous, our jaw tenses, our shoulders go up. We feel, you know, our feet are tense, our knees are tense, our stomach clenches, perhaps our buttocks clench, you know, there's a tightness. And all of that makes the voice tight. So one of the things you hear in nervous speakers is their voices start to get very thin and flat Mm. and monotonous. And you have a sense that you were talking to a fantastic person five minutes before Mm. and they walk out on stage and suddenly they're flat and thin. And that's the effect of nerves on the system. There's another effect of nerves. Some people go way too fast. They're like a runaway. Mm-hmm. And that's usually because rather than breathing low and diaphragmatically in the lower part of the lungs, using the diaphragm, using the ribs, they're breathing into the upper chest. Mm-hmm. And what that means is that it, you know, if, it helps sometimes if people put their hand on their collarbones. If you breathe into your collarbones and lift up your upper chest, it's that kind of... <gasps> breath the collarbones are really heavy the bones at the top of the lungs and they drop down very fast and then you have to heave them back up to breathe in again and it becomes really hard work and that's why people are speaking really fast and you get this sense of hi i'm caroline and i'm I'm speaking quite fast and you can hear this (laughs) intake that's happening my throat is drying out i'm not getting enough oxygen i start to feel a bit lightheaded it's not a nice experience. But I hear that in probably 50% of the people I coach at first. So it's a very, very common human thing to do under pressure. And what the body is saying is, this is scary, run away. So what I would say to, to people is, do some work, go find a voice coach Go find a good yoga teacher, do Pilates, do Alexander Technique, do Kung Fu, you know, whatever it is, a a physical discipline that connects breath and body. And then take that learning into your speaking and it will transform it. Because when we get breath and body connected, that's when we really start to fly as speakers. And it took me a long time to learn that lesson, as I've said, to be back (laughs) to So you also, for instance, recommend uh, yoga or something similar, not only like voice, like formal voice training, like exercises, Uh, like yoga, something like that can be also very beneficial for your performance. Absolutely. And I mean, I I studied, I've said at the brilliant drama school, Royal Central School of Speech and Drama, I did a master's there, which I Mm -hmm. highly recommend people look at if they're interested in this kind of thing. And When you study to teach voice, you do lots of yoga, lots of Pilates, lots of Alexander Technique. We did a lot of Tai Chi. So voice as a discipline embraces all of these other physical disciplines because it helps to unlock the voice. The body is often the fastest way into the voice. So, yes, any I just would say to people, if there's a discipline that you love that connects breath and body, do it every day Mm -hmm. because it will massively help your voice. 
Sure, sure. Your favorite, the ones who you really like, enjoy spending time there. Mm-hmm. Exactly, because when it's something that we love doing, we do it. And really all that matters is that you do it regularly. For me, I love Pilates, reformer Pilates. I like yoga and I like Alexander Technique because I do them regularly. Because I do them regularly, they've made a difference. Mm-hmm. So what is this Alexander Technique? Alexander Technique is, is wonderful and it's kind of a, a, a bit of a secret out there. Actors know about it and uh, classical musicians know about it as well. It's something that classical musicians study quite a lot. It was created by um, F.M. Alexander, who was a public speaker in Australia. Mm-hmm. He, was a, he, was a, he was doing recitals and he kept losing his voice. Mm-hmm. He couldn't work out why he kept losing his voice. He couldn't find any answers. So he started to study his movement in the mirror. And he realized that when he was speaking, he was doing some weird things with his head and his neck and his body. And his use of his body was affecting his speaking, mm-hmm. was causing him to lose his voice. So what he did was create this system to free us from physical tension. It's very gentle, it's very simple, it's very repetitive in the best way, but it is utterly transformative for speaking and it allows you to feel very easy and relaxed on stage. And I would say to anybody who speaks a lot, Alexander Technique is is the most brilliant investment you will ever make. Just to do 10 sessions one-to-one with someone is utterly transformative. Okay, interesting. Never heard, but I have to definitely explore the Alexander Technique. Caroline, could you share a bit uh, your experience with this TEDx talk that I mentioned earlier, the surprising secret to speaking with confidence? Yes. Oh, gosh. It's great fun doing a TEDx. If listeners are thinking about doing it, I highly recommend it. And one thing I would say, which I think is probably really useful to people, is I got into it because I had volunteered at TEDx in Brixton, which is my local TED. And I volunteered as a speaker coach, which I'm sure is something that lots of your listeners, you know, can do. Mm-hmm. So that was my way in because the following year they said, would you like to um, okay. pitch at all? And I said, yeah, I'll have a think about it. And I pitched it. And of course, it's very competitive, but it got through. And the experience of working on a TEDx is, is fantastic, I think, for speakers because the, the framework of 18 minutes You know it's going to be videoed. You know it's going to be out there for the world to see. It really focuses your mind. I, it, the thing I said it felt like when I was doing it, it's, it's like writing a poem because it's so condensed. Yeah, yes. And it, it also has to reach out to an international audience, which is also really interesting to, to work on. And I found there's a very useful book by a man called Carmine Gallo on how to do a TED Talk, which I found fantastically helpful at the time. And I also found it really helpful to work with the speaker coach and to work with the designer creating a prop. So I think there's a whole creative process in working on a TED Talk that you've got to embrace. And I felt like it took me out of my comfort zone as a speaker. <laughs> yeah, and it has been very, I like it a lot and I see it has been very successful. There are thousands of people watching it. And you mentioned also this, this the props. It's something that called my attention How was the idea of these props? Yeah, I this this came from I think the Carmine Gallo book on TED, and one of the things he said is that props are really powerful. So when I started to work on the talk, my question was, what prop would bring this alive? 
And I had this metaphor, which is that the the body was this instrument and that mm-hmm. you could open drawers in the self, you know, the idea of chest of drawers mm-hmm. and opening up new drawers in the self. And so I, by complete serendipity, found a maker in London who had created a prop, which was a human chest of drawers. <laughs> And it was just this magic moment where it all came together. And George McCallum, who created the prop, I have to say, without his prop, my talk would just not be the same thing at all. So it's like when you have a great prop, you're on stage with something really creative and that it ups your game. It changes it. It makes it a more creative act. So, so yes, yeah, so what I would say to anybody thinking about a TED Talk is – embrace props because a prop can really up your game you walk out on stage with something creative i had this chest of drawers created by george mccallum Mm -hmm. and it it makes it feel like a much more creative act it makes it feel more fun and (laughs) we are in danger often of just going to prezi or powerpoint and i would say if you can avoid prezi and powerpoint avoid it and instead, get someone to make you a fantastic prop. You will not regret it. Mm-hmm. It will make you unique also, yes. Exactly. It's it's embracing the creativity and the originality that that gives you. And Caroline, something else about your TEDx talk is, uh, I remember one one moment when you talk about you, know, you went to a, a yoga class and the teacher yes. told you that you look really stressed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What happened that moment in in the real in the real story? So this this was a funder. You know, at the beginning, I talked about this my teaching what I need in in life. That's led me to this path, and this was early on. This was I would say about fifteen years ago, and I was I just trained as a voice coach, and I was out there teaching voice not very well, I would say. <laughs> and, I was doing what's called Iyengar yoga, which I really recommend, for again, for speakers. It's a very precise form of yoga where the teacher really helps you understand what your body is doing and how you can change what it's doing. And breathing is a really key part of this. And the yoga teacher was a Glaswegian. He was an ex. He used to work on um, oil rigs in Scotland. He's brilliant, Brian. And he's a big, you can imagine, big Scots oil rig worker who trained as a yoga teacher. And he was quite direct and he said, you look really stressed and you are not breathing. Oh. And of course, this was heresy. You know, this was terrible to, I was a voice coach. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I kind of needed to be able to breathe well, but he was absolutely right in that I wasn't breathing diaphragmatically. It was the problem I talked about earlier on. I was just breathing into my upper chest. I had mm. tense shoulders running around London, you know. And so he did, he gave me this big gym weight. He said, lie down on the yoga mat. And he, he gave me, I think, a five kilo gym weight. You know, it was heavy. And he put it on my diaphragm and he said, as you breathe out, feel that heavy weight drop. Now wait, wait, wait for the breath. Mm-hmm. And as the breath comes in, feel how your diaphragm lifts that gym weight. And my breath went out and I could feel the gym weight drop. And then my body waited and it waited and in came the in-breath as a reflex and up went the gym weight. And I could feel suddenly that my body was reflexively doing the breath well. And this is what I would say to people is I had always thought I was a tense person. And so somehow I needed to fix that by doing yoga, by doing Pilates. 
what I realized in that moment is that there was a relaxed Caroline in there waiting to come out and that I didn't have to work to release her. All I had to do was breathe out and wait and let the in-breath release my body. And that was a profound epiphany. And it was so lucky that he just, it was an intervention. (laughs) He just went, you're not relaxed. You're breathing in a tense way. I want to show you something. And it it transformed so much for me that moment. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Amazing story is just uh, just breathing can be something so simple and can solve like a, a big problem. And what's so fascinating is that we think we know about breathing. You know, I'd done a master's course in voice work, so I thought mm. I knew about breathing. But you can't think your way to working on the body. It's about a deep practice. And what he did was just give me something to do that helped my body understand it. And helping my body understand it was what made the difference. And so often people dismiss breathing. Often I hear journalists or, you know, uh, there are certain presentation coaches out there who say, oh, breathing, you know, don't take it too seriously. It's just, you know, yoga. And what that tells me when someone talks like that is that they haven't felt what it can do when you feel that release. And when you get that sense of physical release and openness and you feel what it does for your voice, your breath, your body, your brain, you you can't go back. But it is something that you have to experience physically. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. Everything starts with breathing. That, that's it. <laughs> Caroline, could you now share with us your favorite quotation? Oh, yes. And it it, it relates absolutely to what we've just been talking about. The founder of Gestalt Therapy, Fritz Perls, said something um, which I love, which is fear is excitement without the breath. (laughs) Excitement without uh, breath. Yeah, many times you are excited, you are not breathing. Exactly. And as soon as (laughs) you breathe into fear, I mean, this is what these A-list actors taught me way back is when you feel frightened, breathe into it, you know, relax the breath. And suddenly it, it, it might still be fear, but there's a sense of adrenal positive excitement. You can flip the state. You can flip the frame just by a- adjusting the breath. Mm-hmm. Caroline, now could you recommend us one book that has been particularly inspiring or influential for you? Can I recommend two books? Yes. Is that, is that allowed? Yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> so the book Um, from, you know, my training as a voice coach that I think everybody should know about is a book by Cicely Berry. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, I mean, well, any books by Cicely Berry. She's C-I-C-E-L-E-Y, Berry, B-E-R-R-Y. And all of her books on acting and voice. Um, the, there was there's one called The Actor and Their Voice and there's another, The Actor Speaks and the actor and the text as well. They're all fantastic, fundamental books around using your voice well. And then more recently, um, there's a great book by a another TED Talker called Amy Cuddy. Mm-hmm. Her TED Talk is wonderful on presence. Yes. And her book, Presence, is really interesting. So that's a, that came out this year, and that's a lovely book to read. So I hope it's okay to recommend too. 
Sure, sure. I still haven't um, read that book. I, I, I noticed she launched it just less than a year ago. And yeah, but uh, I'm sure it's a great book. So you already read it. Yes. I went to see her speak in London, actually. and, and oh, uh, so cool. They, they gave books out at the end, but she is a great speaker. She's incredibly physically free. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Caroline, now you can, can you uh, share with us an exercise, something practical to do daily or weekly, a routine to shine? Yes. Now, this exercise is something that I learned when I was researching Gravitas, the book that you mentioned at the mm -hmm. beginning. I went to talk to a very interesting woman called Dr. Tamara Russell, and she has two PhDs. She is a Kung Fu master. She's got all sorts of belts in Kung Fu, and she's also a neuroscientist. So she's quite a kind of interesting person. She's also very tall, so you don't, you don't mess with her. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know, as, as a neuroscientist, what's very interesting is the attention system. Our body's ability to hold attention is limited. You can either think about something in your head or you can focus on a feeling in the body. And she said, when we get nervous, so this is a really useful exercise for any speaker when you're getting a bit nervous. When we get nervous, often what happens is we go into the head. You know, it's what I said I was doing mm -hmm. as an actor. So we start to think nervous thoughts. The audience are going to hate it. I'm going to mess up. This is a disaster. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God, I haven't done enough rehearsal. All of that stuff starts to happen, and it's very negative on our performance, as we know. So she said, because your attention system is limited, the best way to address that is just to go into the body because you can't do both. So she said, what I teach people is to do what's called the FOFBOC. So it's F-O-F-B-O-C. And what it means is it's so simple, but it works brilliantly. FOF, you feel your feet on the floor. So you feel your left foot on the floor in a shoe if you're wearing a shoe. Mm -hmm. You feel your right foot on the floor. You feel the toes. You feel the heels. You feel the arches. And you place your attention in your feet. Mm -hmm. And the head goes quiet. And then you do the bock, which is bottom on chair if you're sitting. And you feel your seat bones planting, plugging into the chair you're sitting on. Left seat bone, right seat bone, tailbone, bock, bock. Mm -hmm. And when you do that and you center the breathing, you feel the breath coming in and out. And you feel your feet on the floor, your bottom on the chair. Your head goes quiet. I do this whenever I feel nervous now. <laughs> Universally, if I feel nervous, I go fof book. My head goes quiet and suddenly I'm present. And when you're present, you can pretty much deal with anything. So that is my very, very simple fof book exercise. As a voice coach, I would also say, if you want to warm up your voice, put on something you love a song that you love and sing oh, yeah. along to it. Or if, you know, if in doubt, hum or om, because both of those things will warm up your voice really quickly. So that's a little extra. Mm -hmm. So this fourth uh, book, or what you said, is for how long you have to do it? Oh, that's a good question. Every morning I get up and I do kind of 10 minutes of, Mm -hmm. meditation and grounding so you could do it for 10 minutes every day in the morning 
But equally, it could be something that you do for three seconds. You know, you could walk into a job interview or you could be waiting to be introduced as a speaker mm-hmm. and you can say to yourself, Fofbok, feet on floor, bottom on chair. I've had clients doing maiden speeches in the House of Lords in London mm-hmm. and, and they've said, I'm really, really nervous. And I've said, just do Fofbok while you're being <laughs> so it, While waiting for going to the stage. No? Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's something that can be a longer practice in the morning, say, or before you go to bed. And it's also something that can be a very quick fix if you've practiced it when you need it. All right. Well, thank you very much for this piece of... You have to send me the exact name so I can put it on the website, on the show notes. But sounds really fantastic. And I really have to try it in a real situation also <laughs> when I really feel stressed. Well, Caroline, has been a, a pleasure talking with you. So thanks for sharing all your expertise, your uh, your stories, and very, very fascinating stories that you have. My pleasure. It's been really interesting to chat, so thank you. Could you finally tell us how we can follow you, learn more about you? What are the best ways for that? So I am. Um, I have a website called um, gravitasmethod.com, G-R-A-V-I-T-A-S-M-E-T-H-O-D.com. Um, I'm on Twitter, Caroline Goider, G-O-Y-D-E-R, and I'm also on LinkedIn. So people can absolutely feel free to make contact. And what we can offer people is, you know, anybody who contacts me on Twitter or on the site mm-hmm. or on LinkedIn, we can send, we have a set of audios on the website mm-hmm. and I will happily give anybody who wants one a presentation audio, which has lots of the breathing and speaking advice that we've been talking about. So if anybody makes contact from listening to this, we will send them that presentation audio, which is 40 minutes and has good, some good good tips and tricks in it. Oh, great. Well, thanks a lot, Caroline. It was a pleasure talking with you and all the best. Thank you. Thanks, Oscar. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Did you like it? Please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or visit us at time to shine podcast.com until next time 